So, why don't we quietly get out of here onto a plane? I can understand you're very upset. Kittredge, you've never seen me very upset. All right, Hunt. Enough is enough. You have bribed, cajoled, and killed, and you have done it using the loyalties on the inside. You want to shake hands with the devil? That's fine with me. I just want to make sure you listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Thunder Road 3 now online. How can I help you travel through movie space-time today? Course entered. Mission Impossible, 1996. Is this correct? Course set. Rewinding in 3, 2, 1... Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the former pod, now the TR3, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master spy, PaulJPowers.com Powers. Red light, green light, let's go. All right. Uh, don't get on you. Also, for this discussion of the film Mission Impossible, we welcome back aboard ship's artist, Colin Schlicht. Hey, Colin. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great to be back. And uh, always remember, just don't chew it. Oh, yeah, don't chew it. But you know what you can chew on? That this is your sixth sixth time on the, the, well, the pod, the TR3, on the show, Colin. So you know what that means? What does that mean? You get a promotion to chief artist. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Double the pay, double the responsibilities. Ooh, just the way I like it. (laughs) (laughs) In addition to Colin, we are glad to have back aboard feelings officer, Patrick Patch Hicks. Hey, Patch. Sorry, guys. I was was on the Habakkuk Usenet, I think is what it's called. I'm sorry, the Habakkuk Usenet. I was trying to email... Oh, uh, job or or somebody in the yeah. Old Testament and from the user I, uh, yeah. I got I got stuck on on German language. I, I oh, oh. Out how to spell yeah. fall asleep. Spell Yahweh in German. So uh, sorry. Guys. <laughs> yeah, good to be here. Sorry, guys. But in Latin, Jehovah spelled with an I. Um, <laughs> now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Mission Impossible? Sure. Mission Impossible was released July 16th, 1998 for Nintendo 64 and PlayStation consoles. You know what, Paul, you know what? I appreciate that at least you did the game based on the movie and not like the show or something. So thank you for that, at least. There's a show. Oh, you mean from the 60s? Yes. Yeah, I know we're not recovering that, but we're not covering the game is what you're telling me? No, we're covering the movie the game is based on, Paul. Ah, uh, that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Every fine. time, played that stupid game for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we rented that. Right. I remember it being a very good game. But continue. Hey, Mission Colon Impossible was released May twenty second, two years earlier than the game on nineteen ninety six. It runs an hour and five zero minutes and is rated PG thirteen. It was directed by Brian De La. De Palma. Mm-hmm. I almost said De La Palma, but <laughs> there is no extra la. <laughs> it was written by Bruce Geller, David Coep, and uh, Steven Zalian, with lead stars being Tom Cruise, John Voight, Emmanuel Bierard, and uh, Henry Suzerny. I, I think it's pronounced they... Tom LaCruz. 
Tom LaCruz and John Lavoit. It was, <laughs> and the music was composed by Danny LaElfman. Yeah, I was surprised right. by that. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I didn't either. It doesn't sound like his. But yeah. you know that that main theme. He didn't do that main uh, theme remix. Anyway, uh, Mission, are you ready for the the uh, box office trivia? I'm ready. Colin and Patrick, you guys ready? Let's do it. And Let's anyone here in chat is welcome to join in as well. Go for it, Paul. All right, Mission Colon Impossible was made for about eighty million dollars, and unfortunately, it only earned around four hundred fifty million dollars at the box office. Jeez, slacker! All right, given this fact, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies released theatrically in nineteen ninety six? All right, so I actually, unfortunately, in reading the trivia read where this ranks so i'm gonna recruit recuse myself this time i don't even know what recuse means does that mean recruit like tom did in this movie take myself out of the running paul that's oh that's the opposite you unrecruited yourself (laughs) not recruit recuse he's on the he's on the avowed list again he was disavowed (laughs) but now he's avowed so he's off cruise's list no longer eligible. So you're no, you're you're not cruising with us. Okay, got it. Colin, what? Where do you think Mission Impossible ranks in the 1996 films? What was the top 50 or top 100, Paul? Which did you well, say? Let's go for the top 96. Top 96. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Number three. All right. How? What's your guess, Patch? I'm gonna go 18. 18. Um, let's see. I'm not seeing any guesses in chat, but I know Bob likes to always go with 42, so we'll assume he did that. Star Fox said bogey at 12 o'clock, so we'll have him guess number 12. Sure, sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Where did it actually end up, Paul? Well, Colin hit it right on the head. It's number three, according Whoa. to the hyphen numbers.com. Yes, well sir. done, Colin. Awesome. awesome. Well, Thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice is located, our target film. Alert. Alert. Target located. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. You really think we can do this? We're going to do it. This summer, it will be impossible. Is he serious? Always. To catch your breath, to keep your cool, to believe your eyes. You guys are trained to be ghosts. Because this summer, you don't know what you're missing. The impossible happens. Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, rated PG-13. That commercial definitely brings back some memories about Mission Impossible, but to give you some context for the things we collectively remembered most before our rewatch, here is our memory mind melt synopsis for Mission Impossible. Maverick from Top Gun and his top-secret covert ops team, the Impossible Mission Force, IMF, a.k.a. The Firm, <laughs> have all chosen to accept risky business in a far-and-away place called Kiev, but are each picked up... But are each picked off one by one because they had their eyes wide shut and it's all blamed on the last samurai. Asta lasagna, don't get any on you, quack the mighty dead duck. <laughs> after, after most of his squad is killed, Jerry Maguire gets over it in search of the knock list because some of some NSA stiff wants him to show him the money or the color of money as collateral <laughs> in order to save his legend's name. 
Tom Cruise has to jump on a couch. I mean, steal the Minority Report and find the buyer before War of the Worlds breaks out into oblivion. Jack Reacher then goes dark and assembles a few good men, a ragtag group of outsiders, with the help of Leon the Professional and Marcellus Wallace to finish his impossible mission and expose the threat in these days of thunder. The best way to steal a secret list is to give the security guy the runs, also known as giving someone the Tropic Thunder. It turns out it was Nicolas Cage's dad from National Treasure. <laughs> when Lestat realizes John Voight is undead after selling his car to George from Seinfeld. Now with all the right moves, get to the chopper before it gets to your neck and take that mask off before you hurt somebody. Wow. I mean, that's pretty accurate. I, yeah, <laughs> dead you know, on. I think that's completely that's... Uh, correct, except no, it was. I think that would be fantastic to be in a trailer. Like, if you could visualize all of that in a trailer. That would be fantastic. I I wouldn't even watch the movie. I would watch the trailer. (laughs) I nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture. That was great. (laughs) So good. Sure. One thing that was wrong there was the Kiev thing. It was Prague. So anything else. Jeez. Everything else was spot yeah, on. Exactly. You know, you're right. You're right, Colin. Thanks for for calling attention to that. Uh, you're welcome. That's what I'm here for. But based on those memories, as flawed as Kiev for Prague was, uh, what reign did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Uh, Colin, what was your prediction for Mission Impossible? Man, I saw this, yeah, in summer of 96, mm-hmm. Atlanta, Georgia, and I saw it. Uh, right next to Twister. So my cousin and I oh, saw really? this movie and a Twister like, oh, fun. the next day and uh, had a great time and walked away. Classic then, classic now, or so I thought. I mean, that okay. could have changed. After yeah, this yeah. Recent- as we watch things as adults, things do change. Oh, yeah. um, but classic prediction. Patch, what was your prediction? Only classic with my prediction. Classic with your prediction. What? Uh, Paul, how about you? <laughs> i've seen this a few times and each time i enjoyed it so i predicted classic all right i've seen this a few times and i don't ever really enjoy it so i predicted tragic (laughs) all right (laughs) uh but it'll be interesting to uh, well but like colin maybe we change as we grow up so who knows that may change for me um growing up but wow but uh, it'll be interesting to see if those predictions pan out. But first, let's get into the things we liked most about Mission Impossible. Let's spin up our best bits. All right. And let's start with I'm going to start with Patch this time. What is one thing you liked about Mission Impossible, Patch? So for me, as someone who never grew up watching the show or it's kind of reboot in the late 80s, mm-hmm. this was a great way to understand the style of the original TV series. I watched a few episodes after seeing this mm-hmm. because I was curious, like how much was taken from the from the original TV series. And I really do dig what De Palma does with the um, the theme song. Just everything is sort of amped up a little bit more. It's a refresh, mm-hmm. refreshing version or a refreshed version of what we see in the original TV show. From you know the theme song, the your mission if you choose to accept it, this mm-hmm. message will self destruct. Even the opening credits really giving hints to what's going to happen in the movie without giving away what happens in the movie. I think that's a fantastic way, really creative way of kind of giving you suspense and intrigue without giving you spoilers. Like this is better than a trailer. Like the opening credits of a mission impossible movie are probably the perfect trailer for any movie. If you approach it that way, because you're showing all these different 
clips out of context, but still even watching it for you know, fifth, sixth, seventh time, you can see that the clips are done in order mm-hmm. con- uh, yeah, yeah. Con- chronologically, but they're done so far out of context from each other. You don't know like, what is this? Who is that? Yeah. And what's going on there? Um, it, it's such a, a great, like who done it approach this procedural, like you've got this reveal uh, specific, like Ethan's storytelling a couple of times. Um, the other IMF team, quote unquote, at the party, these types of things that really make you want to just figure it out with him or, or with yeah. whoever else is on his team. And I think what makes it rewatchable for me personally is not the fact that I get to see the reveal again, but I'm reminded of how creative that those reveals are. Mm-hmm. Um, I also enjoy the style visually. I think it's uh, De Palma's heavy into the Dutch angle. I'm a big fan. And he uses it more so than other directors, but he uses it sparingly as well mm-hmm. as what's called the um, the split dioptic or diopter. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Yeah, I never liked cl- that being used. I was about I, to say, Francisco's <laughs> a big fan. <laughs> but listen but to our the, Apollo 13 episode, you'll find out just how much of a fan of it I am. Continue. Sure. But one of my favorite moments with the split diopter, uh-huh. because I don't like the fuzz, I don't like the vignette yeah, around yeah, the close-up yeah, yeah. person, mm-hmm. but there's a great split diopter and a Dutch angle used at the same time with the the tech inside the tech room and um, Ethan's hanging over him mm-hmm. in that kind of upward angle. Yes. To me, that's a great split diopter because it accomplishes exactly what a split diopter is supposed to do and gives you that Dutch angle that creates that drama that I think De Palma is going for. So mm-hmm. all that stuff, I think, really brings, for me, a great visual and uh, aesthetic that calls back to the original TV show but still feels pretty updated. I remember yeah. talking about this on Feel and Film that – this movie works really great as like a conservative prototype for mm. the future installments of the Mission Impossible franchise that we eventually get, yeah. complete with all the fun tech gadgetry and, and gadgetry and big action set pieces. So you've got lots of stuff that's calling back that gets an update here in Mission Impossible, but this mm-hmm. serves as that conservative prototype for these future installments that get bigger, more creative, more technically, uh, I think, mature. Mm-hmm. And I think for, for me, that's what works the most for uh for my viewing of the movie yeah absolutely okay very cool i i so i'm gonna latch on to one of those things that you had actually pointed out patch in that awesome sort of collection of of things you liked uh and that's the the opening tile sequence i i i too also really enjoyed the the way that it has little clips throughout that sort of come from the movie but yeah they're totally off context like you said <clears throat> that doesn't give anything away and I, I, it was just very like uh, with the music going and and the way it was, uh, it, it felt like a a really awesome intro to like a CSI, but way better done. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just seeing the film versus video or however those are usually shot. Um, but uh, yeah, just so why do we need it though? We don't need it, but it's fun. You know, maybe one of the Is funnest parts of this movie. It's so, kind of like this movie. We don't need it. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, it sounds I got, like I got might notes be, on that. Uh, okay, for, later, for on. later. Well, how about you give me some notes for right now, uh, Colin? What's something you liked about Mission Dang. Impossible? Patch, like he went hard on the, a lot of the stuff that I did and that I liked, <laughs> the cinematography, all that. Sorry, uh, sorry, it's all, no, all it's one. cool. It's cool. I got two more. Cool. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about it later, but. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise, man, our guy, oh, Tom yeah. Cruise. 
He's just really going for it here, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he definitely carries the movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just I love his performance and like how like wired up he is. Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't really get a lot of that in the later Mission Impossible movies. You know, he's a little smoother. He's a little bit more, I guess, experienced and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. But here it's just like everything is crumbling around him, and he's just trying to figure it out. You yeah, know? that's and a good so point. <clears throat> I just love. Uh, you really feel like his mind is going a thousand miles an hour because mm-hmm, he can hunt. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. uh, he just brings a great intensity to it. And um, like, I think one of my most rewatchable scenes is just like him going to the phone booth after the job is completely botched, you know? Yeah. yeah. And is he's that just, where he shouts into the phone, they're dead. Yes. They're all dead. <laughs> yes. He's just like, they are. Could be everyone at the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got like, he's got everyone in his hands and he's just trying to, it's like, oh. Yeah, do you read me? The list is in the open. <laughs> like they're all dead. I don't know. I just I love how he just really hits it, man. I think yeah, awesome. absolutely. So, love Tom Cruise in this movie. He certainly commits to it so well, and he's yes, so he believable did. as yeah. Ethan Hunt. I I, I know. Have, did so I didn't watch the show growing up. I think uh, Pat, you said you didn't. Colin or Paul, did you watch the show growing up? No. I, I caught it a couple times here or there on a rerun, but nothing that really kept my attention. Okay, the reason I, I ask is, is Ethan Hunt a new character for the movie, or is it an original char- a character from the show? I just don't know. So, um, I'm not sure, but it's like one of the coolest names in action films. Hunt? Espionage. Ethan, Ethan Hunt. I mean, Francisco name, Ruiz man. is a great spy it's name, up there. too. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I was disappointed that the character wasn't in Hunt for Red October. <laughs> I was all in for it, but there's no there's no Tom Cruise. So, anyway. What's going on? Um, no, he's, he's, he's... Wake he's, up, he's, Francisco! <laughs> yeah. Our team is dead! It's all we're dead! We're all dead! Abort! Okay. Abort! You know, I, I, I know he already said abort and to turn your radios off, but everyone did it in abort. And everyone kept the radios on for some reason. <laughs> and now <laughs> this is what happens. Um, but Paul, but what's he, he, that is a, re- a recurring character or a returning character. Um, Tom Ethan Cruise. Hunt. Oh, Ethan no, Hunt no. is. <laughs> yes, Tom Cruise is rec- a recurring character in the Mission <laughs> Impossible series. Oh yeah. my gosh. Can't believe it. No, so. Ethan Hunt is from the, I'm, I'm, almost 100% sure he's from the I know Jim Phelps is and I Yeah, yeah, I do read that. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ethan Hunt. I'm I'm willing to bet money on as I'm googling it right now. Well, while you're googling <laughs> it, do two things at once and tell us something you liked. Was it Tom Cruise or was it cinematography, something else mentioned um, or something new? I I'm going to pick out of the cornucopia that uh that patch already gave us and <laughs> and and say the music. Yeah, we can shut the pod down now, dude. But music. yeah, I, I thought the the music kept the intensity up, yeah. kept the playfulness up, mm-hmm. uh, and even the redo of the, the song at the beginning. I just thought was wow. really excellent. I mean wow. it just it hit the tone right well. Uh, but seriously, the, the, I thought the music uh, really amped up the, the movie to another level. 100%. Any excuse to use that clip. Um, yeah, can, can I piggyback off that? Of course, yeah. yes. Go I really, it. yeah, Elfman was awesome in this. And um, yeah, the, it just, it's very propulsive. And But there's a, we've talked about this in previous on a previous podcast, like the mm-hmm. Aliens podcast, where it's like, you know where to put the music. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where Elfman... 
you know, there's no music in at Langley, you know, yeah. and it's just all that. So it's, I don't know, just knowing now where to put the music, it just adds to the suspense and the atmosphere and everything. Yeah, like that yeah, too, yeah. So. That's an excellent point. Not only where the music plays, but where it doesn't play. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I was, it's interesting you said that. I was, um, like a year ago or so, I was, uh, doing a prototype for a Game Boy game and I was doing all the graphics, all the code, all everything myself. And I even tried doing the music myself and I uh, sent it to someone who I know in my sort of circle that composes music for games. And I said, what do you think of this? And he said, it's, it's fine, but you need to add more rests. It's like, cause I was like filling up everything mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. really having rests really helps uh, the music feel more like a, and a melody or and whatnot so i never went back and and took that crit i i took that credit for future projects but i didn't like fix the music for that one yeah but i think there th that's very that's so true is that yeah if you're uh if you're being too i guess liberal with your use of music or anything really then it can detract sure. from it as a whole so yeah that's that's an excellent yeah. point colin um uh patch what's something else you liked well, I think what's on full display here and in future installments is the tech and gadgetry that we 100%. see. This is, I think the franchise, um, and not to tip my hat to the classic maker, but this is the second of two things that I think make the, the franchise work for me personally. Ooh, okay. I love the, from the very beginning, we get the red light, green light gum. Austin mm -hmm. was on, don't get me on you. Great little line there by Emilio Estevez. Uh, marking the target using the infrared glasses. Thought that was great. Yeah. All these things that are on display. Uh, what I call the squirt for the hurt that Claire puts in Donald's uh, coffee. You <laughs> yeah. know? And, and then the and then the Velcro square that 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 yeah. marks and all this great stuff that really sets the precedent for the future kind of gadgetry that we get. It creates an atmosphere of believing the unbelievable for the sake of the movie, sort of suspending your disbelief. Mm -hmm. Now, some of this could actually exist in 2023 now, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. sure. We're living with AI and VR and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But as these movies are coming out, they live sort of on the cusp of like, oh yeah, that's a cool idea. Maybe it could work. Well, in a Mission Impossible movie, it does work. Mm -hmm. And unless you're Ethan Hunt, you need this gadgetry because Ethan Hunt doesn't need gadgetry. He just needs a pair of legs to run like he does <laughs> and, and, and arms to carry him across big giant planes and hanging onto tall buildings and whatnot. Exactly. And, and do magic holding. tricks. Yes. Exactly. So... Uh, <laughs> Which is I sick, think by the, the way. The, the, it's it's so good, man. So because and those are real. <laughs> that's a real side of hand. It wasn't a visual effect or a camera trick or anything. He okay. actually did those. He does his own stunts, Francisco. <laughs> he does his own stunts. Well, and, magic. <laughs> and, well, and magic tricks. Apparently, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. So for me, yeah, it's the tech gadgetry. It's 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 a great. I think it's why people enjoy these movies is because they want to see. Okay, well, how are they going to get this done with non manpower, like mm -hmm. with actual creative things it's it's really it goes back to q in the james bond uh, movies like okay mm -hmm. what what's going to come out now that's going to be needed for the next big action set piece and again it's the it's the early stages of this franchise so, but we still get cool things obviously the masks are a thing that just continue to come back mm -hmm. almost to mm -hmm. a fault <laughs> but i love that there's other stuff here that gets introduced and uh, and sometimes it's used again, sometimes it's not, but it's used purposefully. It's not just flippant and flamboyant or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. The gadgets, huh? I yeah, I like. I, oh, go ahead, Francisco. I was just gonna say that for whatever reason, I feel like I can think of of certain gadgets and how cool they are in in um 
the Mission Impossible series, but for whatever reason, they don't stick out to me as much as like gadgets in like the Batman movies or anything like that. And I don't know why, because that I feel like well, they're under more maybe maybe that's it. They're they're more underplayed. That's probably it, yes. Um You don't have a cue or somebody comes out like a Lucius Fox and says, Here, Batman, here's all your 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 gadgets and your tech, you know, let's, let's explain this. It's like throughout the series, they introduce it by actually doing it. Like, Oh, here's a tracker. That's like no bigger than an M and M like, and they don't, you don't need to, you don't need to have someone explain it. They just show it, which I Mm -hmm. think is cool. Though. I I feel like they, they really lucked out that he wasn't wearing some like white suit that day where it's like, what is the spec on me? I I see it plain as day. Look, he was being seduced by Claire when she gave him that look. You know, she puts the 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 squirt, the hurt squirt in there, and she's yes. like, "Hey, I look cool because I'm the only female in the entire CIA." Apparently, he's all so acting he's like gonna... he didn't notice her and stuff, sitting right next to him, like at, yeah. in the entire cafe. Come on, William man, Don Low, that guy, Don Low, what a stud, dude. What? No, I I what does he I even do? He goes in and like. Just goes looks the at the knock list and like, oh, that looks good. Okay, I'm done for the day. He plays Tetris on that secret clean room computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I like all the tech, too, He doesn't have any accountability in that room, so he can do whatever he wow. wants. Yeah. You like all oh, the tech, geez. too. Uh, do you have a favorite gadget or anything, uh, Colin? Um, I like all the POV stuff. I mm. think that's just really cool, all the glasses. And it's a, it's a really cool plot device, and it's really effectively... Talk about cinematography. Mm-hmm. It's just I love the way that everything is shot and all that has to be planned out too. you know, like choreographed on the camera, like the monitors and stuff, too. You know, um, I just I, on that first mission where you're in you're in Ethan's POV, literally like with yeah. the camera. Oh, yeah. But then As also. The yeah. Yeah. Yes. But then also it is very it's super jarring um when freaking jack gets it right in the face dude you know because they play that back you know and i just remember when you know because estevez is kind of a well-known actor back then you know yeah and you would think he would go a little bit further and i think that's why they chose him in that role too because Mm -hmm. it's just like you know he bites it right away it's like the drew barrymore in scream yeah yeah exactly i just thought it's really shocking and really effective and really ramps up stakes up but Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i love all and it's it's 96 so it came out in a time where like internet email chat cell phones laptops all that kind of stuff are just kind of emerging you Mm -hmm, know and i think you know say gen z or something or you know the next gen watches it and be like oh it's outdated but to me (laughs) i think it just adds to the cool factor of the movie yes time capsule of sorts but yeah it's all really I think it's awesome. So absolutely, yes, love it. I, okay, well, this didn't make my dislike list, guys, but it's this close, so maybe you can explain it away and it'll recede back. All right, probably not, but go for it. Wow. So you said how you like the the POV shots. All right. So uh, John Voight's character on the bridge. Oh, is where you he turns see the gun the on himself. Gun pointed at the. <laughs> The glasses, apparently, because that's what's seeing the the images, but then the shot is down in his stomach. So what's going on? I don't know. It's He's having a really chest. He's having a really good time doing it too, man. She's <laughs> 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 <Just> like laughing. <laughs> 
I saw that. And I was like, why is he laughing? So he's very, he's, he's a very evil like man. Manic. He's a manic old dude. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> I'm two got years the, from retirement. Yay. Got the blood sponge out there too. Oh it's just like, goodness. this is great. Wow. Okay. So, so you have no explanation is what it sounds I, like. All I, right. I don't, yeah, you're right. I saw that too. I was like, hmm. Well, well, I think it's supposed to be like, oh, something is off here, but the the movie plot, I think this is this is what I'm speculating. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's something off here as the viewer, but you know, the movie keeps playing out so you don't give it too much mind. That way when it comes back to it, you're like, "Oh, I maybe, mm, you I know, that, that was All something right. off." Is to help trigger that. All right, Paul. I I like that explanation, and why don't you give me one of your likes for this movie? Um one of my other likes is just there's talk about all this death of like Emilio <laughs> and this fake death and everything, but there are parts of this movie that's really fun. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a sense of it where this is like a fun adventure. Like, yeah, even like the, the flirting playful banter between Ethan Hunt and Maxine, like mm-hmm. you don't see that a lot in these type of movies. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a, a, a light heartedness that, it's not too light or too silly, but it, there is this sense of almost like an Ocean's Eleven kind of like, yeah, hey, let's have some I fun with this. You know what? Now, <laughs> that, you, now that you mentioned, I was going to say no. Just uh, talk about going for it, man. Max was really shooting her shot there with with uh, right. Jeez, so. <laughs> man, laying it on a little thick. Exactly. Well, but, but I really enjoyed those scenes I between mean, it's them. Tom Cruise. I, <laughs> I think they they played off each sure. other really well, and I thought yeah. that was it's just fun. Sure. It was it, fun, chemistry. Paul. Like you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, honestly, I, thought, I have seen some of these these guys who are players who like who really let's say they score like they 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 they, they know their game. And they know how to play it. And I've seen them flirt with people, and that's exactly how they are. A little bit overconfident, a little mm-hmm. bit fun. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think they just let the cameras roll, and these two were <laughs> actors were having fun. <laughs> okay, this this is probably a hot take. A hot take. But I actually feel like um, it was Vanessa Redgrave who played Max. I feel yeah. like Tom Cruise and Vanessa had more chemistry than Tom Cruise <laughs> and Emmanuel Barrett. Claire, who played Claire. I'm sorry, but I think that's the case. No, I think that's because Tom Cruise's (laughs) character, Ethan Hunt, was trying to get on Max's Max's good good side, side, where that's not necessarily the case with Claire, because they're already teammates. I don't see them together. I don't get the... the, It's not really a romance, but... Wake up, Claire! (laughs) (laughs) Our team is dead! All right. Well, that's four that's a.m. Four, 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 four a.m. All right. Four hundred. Oh, four hundred. Let's do one more thing I liked before we get to our classic makers, guys. I like and Claire. I, I do too. I wish I know. I the actress. I I thought she did a good job, and I yeah. I was disappointed I didn't see uh, Emmanuel Bierart or whatever her name is and more stuff. Yeah. Shout out to Claire, man. Fine. You guys can. I like think she Claire did a better Hart. job than John Voigt, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I certainly enjoyed the whole Langley set piece better than John Voigt as well. I really liked how yeah. everything they did coming in as firefighters. The where are the were the other firefighters? What were they doing during this? They time? weren't there they were like yet. Three, there were like three or four trucks there, so I'm not sure what was going Eventually. on. Eventually, yeah. No, they're all coming up at the same time. 
Well, yeah, they were coming up as they as the three in or the two in there were leaving. No, at the very beginning, setting up the scene, you see like four fire trucks going up to Langley. Oh, I think they go on to something else. All right. Well, I don't know how they get a fire to trigger somewhere else and, or just so happen to be there when a fire is triggering. Regardless, I assume they Marcellus Wallace, man, he sent them off somewhere there else. There you go. You know? Mr. Yeah. Wallace. Yeah, exactly. It's not at Langley. The fire is not at Langley. It's that place down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Oh, so that the whole Langley set piece. Who is Marcellus Wallace anyway? I mean, who are you talking about? That's 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 Marcellus uh, Wallace. Look that, that's, like that's Ving. Um, no, that's his name's Luther. What are you talking no, about? No, yeah, yeah, Ving Rames, but that's his character in um, Pulp, uh, Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Never heard oh, of it. I, I've never seen Pulp Fiction. That's fine, oh, but that's his character in there. <laughs> his name's Marcellus Wallace, and uh, Jean Reno. That's Leon the Professional. I've seen the Professional, so. All right. That's I'm something. on the pulp pod when we get to it in about 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Dibs. All right. Nice. Fair. Very fair. Okay. So, all right. Thank you for, for helping me understand that. Anyway, I just thought that from that to, yeah, like you guys were saying, Claire, uh, putting the, the hurt, what do you call it, Patch? The hurt juice? <laughs> The Does hurt squirt, the, the hurt. tropic thunder, the tropic thunder, <laughs> and the coffee, yeah. putting the thing on, getting up in the ducks, and oh my gosh, I hate it's so tense that part where he he the he lets the the rope slip and he, he falls and he's like, uh, 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 uh. it's yeah. so good. Um, I I don't I don't buy though that he's struggling so much to hold on. And then at the right time, he just pulls him up. No problem. I, I'm like, why don't they have like a lock mechanism on this? So he's not having to hold it the whole time. The Come lock on, mechanism guys. made too much noise. Apparently you can say toast as loud as you want and the alarm won't go off, but the lock mechanism will make too much noise. That's why. Right. Why was he holding him so long at the bottom there like that? And not pulling him up? Yeah, not pulling because, for dramatic tension. Because the longer you hold something, actual tension. the more yeah. the weaker <laughs> your muscles are, the easier it is to pull it up. So he's just waiting for max weakness and then he can just pull him up easy peasy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That that whole that part probably was the most unbelievable of all that, but regardless. Unbelievably cool. It was cool. Uh, yeah. Impossible, you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, there's a lot of unbelievable stuff that happens in Langley that almost made my dislike list, but okay. I won't get into uh, that. But but you guys were talking about fun. I thought that was a really fun Very sort of fun. sequence. So oh, I, I agree with you 100. percent okay. Beautifully shot too. Yes. Yeah. In fact, yes. that's what made it my classic make. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah, let's get into it, Paul. So I pointed out some things. What else did you really like about that Langley? Oh, uh, well, like you se- said, the t- the the tension and it's so iconic with him. <laughs> being mm-hmm. lowered down it's in like all the movie trailers and posters yep. and yep, references yep, yep. and like i said it it's not a perfect you know scene. sequence right um i don't know if, if anybody has some dislikes in it they want to talk about it later but why they have why the government spends so much money for like a temperature control by one degree but they don't have a video camera in there beyond <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point because you could have one that isn't pointing at the screen where all the secrets are. You could just right. point at the person using it. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Or <laughs> um, fair point, Paul. But it, it is the best part of the whole film. It's yeah. the fun scene. It's yeah. It's it's turn your brain off and enjoy the intensity of it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't want to give away who is using it so that they couldn't 
maybe a guardsman wouldn't know, oh, this person has all the secrets or what what have you. So then how would there's ways around it. That's how okay. they knew how to track them and, and give them the tropic thunder. That's a good point. All right, fair enough. Um, but let's move on to Collins, classic maker. What did you love most about this, Colin? Yeah, that uh Langley is is incredible, but I personally don't think it's the best semen. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I just think the classic maker is the aquarium escape. Oh, sequence. really? Okay. Yeah, that is just it is tight, man. And mm-hmm. like how long is that? About like 5 minutes or so, maybe yeah. even less. Yeah. And that just it makes the movie for me, man. Oh, really? Uh, wow. I, yeah, it's just I, a, I didn't understand I don't understand that movie. If they think Ethan Hunt is the last if he if they is think the he's the mole, why why are they like oh um you should go get cleaned up and and head back we're gonna let you go by yourself on a plane to head back to headquarters why don't they take I, him down right there I think it was a setup they're trying to make it easy to just get him back where they would have perfect jurisdiction and stuff it would be easier to get someone who's trained in espionage and and shadow disappearance to 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 capture him there than rather than all right that's fair paul i'm sorry I, it is a tense it is a tense scene it's yeah, a talk about suspending scene. disbelief for yeah. just a second yeah. <laughs> um no it, and honestly i've seen this a few times and every time i watch this movie i notice something different because the the plot is so complicated oh um, we'll get there it is yeah we'll get there <laughs> yeah. but this is the first time i noticed that the the same people that were at the the second mif team were at that restaurant with him. I never For noticed sure. that. Before. Even though they yeah. pointed out, he points it po- out. He's. I don't know what this like six o'clock, eleven o'clock <laughs> bow tie guy means. Bow tie. Like, and there, I just thought o'clock. he was just like randomly pointing to people, like listening into the conversation because he's upset or something. But, yeah. Let me explain why this is my classic maker. Oh yeah, please do. It's a great scene. Please tell us why. <laughs> my goodness gracious! I'm Paul sorry. I you were on the podcast. Go ahead, Colin. Oh lordy. <laughs> We can start. We can talk about Claire again if you want. <laughs> Continue, please, Colin. Okay, no, I just think it's awesome, and it's just it's a combination of all my favorite things about the film, like mm-hmm. the cinematography, yes, the score, and crews, like yeah. just cooking in that. Yeah, yes. that's a good. And point, yeah. it's a just I like the slow build and the tension, the revelation of the IMF team. I just think that it was really cool and, and beautifully mm-hmm. orchestrated. Yep. And really shocking, like the first time you see it, like, oh, wow, they really are there, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were there the whole time. And I just think that's really cool. And uh, yeah, those Dutch angles, I, it's just really awesome underneath those two yeah, guys. Yeah. And uh, Cruz, again, just kind of like wound tight enough to snap. And I just think it's awesome. Kittridge, you've never seen me very upset. And then it pays off with red light, green light, dude. Yes. And then it's, and then. I think it leads to Tom Cruise's like first ever on screen stunt, right? Like major big action screen, like on screen stunt. Where he's oh. running across the street. Yeah, well, he, where he escapes. <laughs> where, no, <laughs> he's always running, but right. no, where he jumps away from the water, like outside the restaurant, you know, oh. when, it, when it's blowing up behind him. I think, I think that was something. Did I hear somewhere that that had to be like I a. Mean- one he, take like he had to nail it and, oh well th- that could be but he you know he was his his uh flying f14s and driving daytona uh, nascar cars uh before this so i i don't know what you're talking about first stunt so, uh, jumping through candy glass but actually doing it though was he actually doing no that? i don't I, I, i'm being i'm being uh, i'm being silly uh, he may i don't know he this could very well have been his first like 
big stunt. I didn't see that in the in the trivia reading, but I didn't read it all. So yeah, it's just very cool looking. It, it is. And yeah. I just like I like how intense it is. And again, another iconic shot of him jumping through the glass. Yes, 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 that, yes, yes. That to me, that to me is the iconic, and it's just beautiful to look at too. That mm-hmm. bright blue and um. So I don't know, man. It's I think that's not only for the film is it an all timer scene, but it's an all timer scene for like action espionage films, like in general. Very cool. So, awesome. Yeah. Classic maker for me. Fantastic. Patch, did you love the water just like gushing out or was there something else that made you a classic maker? I was mourning the loss of the fish. <laughs> <laughs> they never no, found Colin, I, I can't disagree. It's it's a fantastic scene. And I think yeah, it's man. it's the perfect blend of special as a special cinematographer in terms of slowing things down, keeping things real time, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, though, I think what makes Mission Impossible work is the team up. Mm. I am a I'm a huge fan of the crew up when it comes to like a heist movie or it yes. to, it's yeah. one of the reasons I have a soft spot for the first half and a little bit more of the of the uh, Fast and the Furious movies because I oh, love okay. the crew up I love the, <clears throat> yeah. the family aspect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and at any at any given point Ethan has to depend on somebody he yes. can't do this alone I mean yes even when he's reaching out to Max or Job or whoever he's reached out to <laughs> right he ends up using people some who are who turn out to be bad mm-hmm. but then you've got guys like luther who become a staple part of his crew for subsequent movies and mm-hmm. then you start seeing that blossom over the course of other films like simon Pegg playing benji mm-hmm. or jeremy renner as william brand or even rebecca ferguson as ilsa faust all of these characters come around ethan and they become a central part of what makes the imf team the team mm-hmm. yeah. yes ethan hunt Straight up, Tom Cruise is the franchise. I'm not going to ever say anything bad like that. I mean, it's true. Mission Impossible would not be what it is without him. Mm -hmm. But I think he would tell you, Ethan, the character, and Tom Cruise would say it takes the team to be able to make the mission successful because of the fact that they all have some ability, some kind of partnership with him to be mm-hmm. able sure. to uh to make them make the uh the mission work and this again is a great example he he brings a couple of guys from the disavowed list you got luther and you got uh uh, uh i'll forget the other guy's name now the professional um, yeah. <laughs> <The> professional. yeah. <laughs> Leon. Leon. and um and then and then he brings in um he brings in uh claire mm-hmm. uh, K- uh krieger uh, krieger yeah. The, uh, yeah krieger and and so you've got this crew of four all of which have the 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 talent to be able to do what they need to do and it's just it's great to see that on full display even though there's chaos i also love the fact that the movie starts with him losing his team right yeah that's why he's so devastated because Mm -hmm. he's a team guy yeah yeah Yeah. and because he feels like it's his fault he feels like he has failed like whatever and we don't even see that i mean like we can't even justify his reasons for why is it your fault Ethan? it's not your fault and then yeah. he gets this thing thrown on him by kittredge like oh yeah well, you're the mole like really really i'm the mole you've never seen me upset mm-hmm. so all that you know all that kind of temper and everything that's uh that's kind of building up in him i think is started by the fact that he cares deeply about this team and that great that mm. scene where they're getting briefed on what they're expected to do just you can see the camaraderie you can yeah, see yeah. how comfortable they feel with each other you know mm-hmm. where i love the line where ethan says uh he says he's asked um by jim any questions he goes yeah can we get a cappuccino machine in here i don't know yeah. what we call this and then yeah. um and then uh estevez character goes i call it cruel and unusual <laughs> and there's this great kind of just 
comfortable banter between yeah. the team. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it just lots of grins and stuff like that. So it tells me that they have a comfort level. They've worked together for a long time. Yeah. And I think that is what lives in the success of Rogue Nation, Ghost Protocol, uh, Demo all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, the team up, man. The team up for me is a classic maker. Love it. Yeah, so, so that's awesome. Yeah, your classic maker is Tom's super friends. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Without <laughs> the tights. You know, that's the yeah. thing. Is you can be in a suit that's a three-piece suit and not a spandex suit. And where's my super suit? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I will say they do... I mean, I think you buy Tom Cruise's, um, just to riff on that a little bit, Patch, you buy Tom Cruise's sort of overwhelming uh, anger and sadness at the situation because you see how familial they are with each other. And and they really do a good job of selling that, like they, they've been through a ton of things together. They they really have each other's back. And so it's, yeah, that loss is is very extreme. Whereas if you didn't really set that up, and you sort of had this sense that Tom Cruise could do it all by himself, then it wouldn't be as much like, why are you so upset? You could do this with, right. without them. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. that's a great point. Or they're replaceable. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You could just you could just switch them out. I'm like, okay, you just need a new IMF team. No, this is my family. I've been with yeah. them for however long he's been with them. And that's exactly. shown in the early parts of the movie. Yeah. And so to see them all get decimated mm-hmm. within the first 12 to 13 minutes. I mean, we feel a little bit of that grief with him yeah, because of his outburst, because of the way that he feels completely helpless in that scene. One of the differences between this, this um, is a spy movie basically. And another spy franchise is James Bond Mm -hmm. and James Bond is, you you know, a solo worker. It would be interesting to see like if him and several of the double O's like in the early age and then Mm -hmm. like have, like an origin thing where like they get decimated or something, he goes off or something like yeah. it, yeah, something yeah. similar might be fun. Um, mm-hmm. the personally, I prefer like a James Bond versus uh, like James Bond and Jason Bourne have to team up and figure something else so out weird. together. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> oh, so my wife asked me what, what, what did I prefer James Bond franchise or the mission impossible franchise? Ooh. I got an answer for that one. All right, let's, let's go around Robin. What do you say, Colin? Oh man, M uh, M I is so much cooler than Bond to me. <laughs> I don't know. I just get way more out of the films, and I just think they're way more exciting and mm-hmm. uh, engaging. And the stunts are—I'm getting more and more crazy. And uh, yeah. it's cool to see the lead character really take that on himself. And they—they uh, they really have a clear vision for the uh, franchise. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I just—I love Bond. I think Bond's a really cool character and everything. Yeah, same. Um, that's what I for said. Sure. I said. Honestly, for me, I said I like the character James Bond better. Right. I mean, despite him being a chauvinist or whatever people might call him. But I think he's a fun character. Think. But mm-hmm. I think I like the franchise as a series. I I enjoy the Mission Impossible films more. I think mm-hmm. and may, that might be due to do the camaraderie of the team. But yeah. yeah. How about you, Patch? I, I'm going to go MI for similar reasons. I think Bond works well as a... I can just pick up any movie and enjoy a single story about James Bond. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of the Daniel Craig ones, I think what I appreciated about the Daniel Craig series is that it worked as a series. It worked yeah. as an arc mm-hmm. for him and it did something a little bit different with the Bond character, but I can always pick up a mission impossible movie and know that I'm getting a lot more of that lightheartedness. Um, unbelievable. Let's have some fun with it kind of uh kind of vibes and and the fact that 
what I would say is once it kind of righted the ship after the third entry and found its legs as a franchise mm-hmm. and found what made it successful, I think the the subsequent entries are make are what make it better for me because of the connectivity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like the Daniel Craig Bond movies more than the the Brosnan or the Brosnan or the other ones. Although I like those a lot too. It's that cohesiveness, that continuance of Ethan and his family throughout the uh throughout the Mission Impossible franchise. So mm. for me, it's Mission Impossible. Awesome. And Francisco, have you seen any Bond movies? I've seen Pierce Brosnan, Craig. I haven't seen any of the ones pre-Brosnan, though. Okay. Um, just clips here and there. Here's the thing. I probably would choose Mission Impossible also um, with a caveat or an asterisk. So I, I would say the, the main thing that I think really makes Mission Impossible so much better is that I don't think any of the Bonds have the charisma level that Tom Cruise has and the way he interacts with the the supporting characters. Oh, so you're no Sean Connery fan then. Here, that's that's my caveat. I think if I saw a Sean Connery one, that would change my mind. Because when I see Sean Connery in, in films, whether it's The Rock or uh, uh, Entrapment or even Highlander or, or uh, voicing Draco in Dra- uh, Dragonheart, I, I think he just brings such a that same level and depth of charisma and like wanting to root for him and wanting to like follow along with what you're doing. So if I, if I sat down and watched one of his bomb films, that may be like, okay, now I, now I see this is a really tough decision. But as for right now, I feel like Tom Cruise is much better than Daniel Craig and, and, uh, and Pierce Brosnan in this type of role. Yeah. Well, they are very different characters. Yeah. 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 They are. I still like Jason Bourne over all of them. I I like Matt Damon in that role. I think that's, Fantastic. Well, you get but, enough shaky cam, anybody can beat it. Okay, I don't like that part of it, all right? But you got me. But the the, the character. Okay. Yeah. Like Austin Powers over all of that. <laughs> oh, behave. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> all right, well. Yeah, le- baby. There he is. <laughs> that leaves my classmaker. And I, I'm not, I'm just going to come out. Overall, the stunts. Tom Cruise has been becoming more and more famous for all the stunt work he does for these Mission Impossible movies. And this one, I like, I don't know, Colin, like you said, if the fish tank thing was the big first big, real big stunt he did. Uh, but yeah, it's just whether it's the, the train at the end is fantastic. The, the yeah. wire work and the, and the Langley is, is fun. The fish tank is great. All that stuff is so. Well done, I would say. Sometimes the 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 way it's shot, I I question, but I I think the the okay. stunts themselves are 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 terrifically executed. So that'd be my classic. Fashion baby. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I agree, man. the The train is awesome. Dude. Yes. Like well, yeah. when it's outside, it feels fast. It feels dangerous. Um, it's just really, really well done. It really holds up even today. So love okay. that. N- Here's the thing. I thought it looked CG or green screen. I couldn't tell if well, it, it is. But, okay, but, but they I think did an outside, actual. They used an actual, the actual train and helicopter. So I'm very confused. But with I think a lot outside of looks awesome. Such. Yeah, it, it wasn't right after this. He was. They were like, okay, let's do the train, but like for real, real. You uh, know? Okay, okay. So yeah, they used practical stuff, but it wasn't. They weren't really oh, on the train going, but right. And they just happened to be filming it while they're doing all that. Okay. No. All right. Well, yeah. regardless. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I agree. Colin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are all the things we liked most about mission impossible, but there's probably some things 
we didn't really care for it, guys. So I think we need. Uh, oh, sorry, guys. I know I was, I, was, I, I felt like kind of light on likes, and that's because I forgot one more thing that I liked. Really? Jun- yeah, junkyard juggernauts. A warlord has taken the king and queen prisoner, and their only hope is you and the junkyard. Junkyard Juggernauts is a pixel art-infused tabletop card game for one to four players, designed by Francisco Ruiz. Hey, that's me. You will play as a mageineer, drafting cards as arms and legs of the magic-fueled mech you are making, aka a juggernaut, before taking on the warlord. You can stay in the know about playtesting and the potential Kickstarter by signing up to our newsletter at junkyardjuggernauts.com. That's great, Francisco. And it's designed by you. But what does that have to do with Mission Impossible? Oh my gosh, it's so clear, Paul. See, I know you've only play tested once and it was hard for you to grasp all the rules because there's there's a good amount. But in Junkyard Juggernauts, one of the if you're playing three to four players, one of you is the warlord and you're doing playing that in secret like a spy. See? So that's what you like about Mission Impossible? What? I'm, I'm trying Okay, to... how about some trivia about Mission Impossible? Okay, Paul? Oh, yeah. That would be better, I think. <laughs> wow. Did you all realize that while the TGV, the train we were just talking about, is an electric train powered by overhead lines, no power lines are visible above during the train scene, as you probably all witnessed. For the movie, the TVG, which stand, it's a French word. It stands for Train à Grande Vitesse. So yeah, I'm probably pronouncing that, that would be TGV. Yeah, I don't know. This is I just <laughs> I guess I copied it wrong or something. I don't know what's going All on. All right. Yeah, TVG. I'm sorry. TV. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Anyway. For the movie, the TVG was instead pulled by a diesel locomotive, making the pursuit on the roof and the helicopter flying behind it possible. So my question to you guys is, uh, however you get to work, whether you commute via, you you drive to work, uh, you take the bus, whatever it is, however you get to work now, if you couldn't do that anymore and you either had to travel by train or helicopter, which would you choose? I work from home, so okay. I mean, so from you your can't... bed to the desk, would you take a train or a helicopter? No, I would take a chopper for sure. A chopper, okay. That's Colin's answer. Train Paul, for me. I would oh, do a train. Do the chopper. Train? Uh. <laughs> I've 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 been lucky to have both. While I enjoy the helicopter ride more, mm-hmm. I the train is a little more relaxing. Yeah. And so if absolutely. I wanted to work on something, it would be easier to do it by train. So yeah. I'm gonna. I'm going to take away the little funness of the helicopter and say train. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, that'd probably be my answer as well. All right. Great trivia, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. Was it though? And- <laughs> no, it's a lot better than like, <laughs> like shoehorning your, your, your card game you're making. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. No, but now that we've all had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about Mission Colon Impossible. Fantastic. Jeremy Shield says, I mainly remember the updated theme from The Edge. Did he do the updated theme in this? Uh, I I have a, a, another couple people listed that did the updated theme. Okay. Oh, wait, The Edge is like from you too. Yeah, right? yeah, I thought so. I know Metallica did the update in number two, right? Mission Impossible Like every, every movie the they Olympus do an update. Kid, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. The All Edge right. probably, he, he did the closing one, right? The closing credits? Not uh, the, maybe that's, that's what, what I was. would think because that, that was a banger, dude, actually. That was really good. 
They all, yeah, honestly, they all sound re- the same to me, so yeah. I, I'm not. <laughs> That's what it sounds oh like, God. Francisco. Junkyard juggernauts. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin Joshua Burnham says, uh, it was very average for me. The quote plot twist device, unquote, from the hand turn of the gun caused me to laugh hard. <laughs> that was just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Laugh right. hard just like the, <laughs> the bad guy did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Gardner says all the twists and turns that have become the standard for the franchise. Okay. Dustin Warford said, love this movie. I'll never chew a piece of gum without checking its colors first. <laughs> That's probably wise. Well, thank you all so much for your memories. And let's see if none of them really led us into things we didn't like about uh, Mission Impossible, but no doubt there are some things we didn't like about this film. So let's spin up our worst books. All okay, right. As we get into this, yes. Just I just want to follow up with a question you had. So Ethan Hunt, from what I can tell, I've I've searched like five or six different websites. So basically the whole internet. <laughs> basically, <laughs> yes. That said that Ethan Hunt was created for this the movie franchise and not for it wasn't from the TV series like oh, okay. uh, Phelps, Jim Phelps and some of the other people were. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know, Paul. Thank you for checking that out. Yeah. Um, but I am. And why don't you just keep it going? What didn't you like? You probably didn't like that none of the original cast was in this because you're such a right? fan of the show. So yeah. What and what else didn't you like about this film? Um, at the end, one of the things that was like, wait, what? It it didn't make sense to me that Jim. It was Jim Phelps. Yeah, Jim Phelps at the end. He has he he's in the uh the baggage compartment with Claire and Ethan. Mm-hmm. He has a gun pointed at Ethan and then he shoots Claire first. <laughs> like she's the most prominent threat to him <laughs> when she's clearly not and he had the upper hand and all of a sudden it just go Now I understand like oh he's a, he's emotionally distracted by her loyalty to Ethan and that kind of just makes him not think right. And then he just mm. fires the gun on her first. Mm-hmm. But I, even as a watcher, I'm going, wait, what? Yeah. And so. he doesn't seem like he cares all that much when he, when he shoots her. It's like, yeah, yeah I didn't really get that. Did Is it now? I know they didn't have this in the film, but I think there is supposed to be, there was supposed to be sort of a, a love scene of sorts between Ethan and Claire and you, he sort of hints at, and John Voight's character, Jim, sort of hints at that by saying, you shall not cover your neighbor's wife. So mm. do you think he feels just betrayed, even though he probably talked her into doing that? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's what I figured. That's lame. You shouldn't have talked her into doing that, dude. Yeah. So I just thought it, it just, it was, I mean, clearly the bad guy should have won right there. But <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, bad guy, you have the upper hand. What's wrong with you? This is why you're yeah. bad. <laughs> Yeah. You're All right. bad in more ways than one. You're not oh even a my. good bad guy. <laughs> Patch, what was bad about you? About, about you? What was bad about this movie well, for you? <laughs> chapter one. Oh what's bad gosh. about me? No. Um, tangentially related to what Paul's talking about, mm. I wasn't buying the romantic relationship between Jim and Claire. Yeah. And I think that part of it is because of the fact that he's that three times her age. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to look that up. Well, no, they're 
He's, it's not like three times, but he's significantly she's tw- older. She's 25 you said years three times. The, now act, I'm hold the you actress to that. is 25 Fine. years younger than than him. But in the movie, and, he's 98 times older. <laughs> if you want to well, just randomly throw a number. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna start stretching romantic age relationships, you got Ethan and Max having a little yeah flirtation. Which is she's okay. Eight. What's going because, on here yeah, in this film, man? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> They're just uh, they're just endorsing like older relationships, I guess. Yeah. But no, I, I didn't I didn't buy the believability, mm-hmm. and I think part of it was the age, the twenty five year gap. Which again, I've seen real relationships that have gaps like that. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. But just like the movie does a good job setting up the team and the camaraderie there, I only saw in script in conversation that jim and claire were married like right. hey, I yeah that coffee go easy on my wife's coffee like right. that's the only context we yeah, get that's it. and then the only other thing we have is this moment where she's trying to seduce ethan the fact that there's no scene where that consummates mm-hmm. doesn't make that ending scene work for me because mm-hmm. i don't believe that jim like i think jim has actually solved the problem like mm-hmm. he has she has actually infiltrated ethan's loyalty Right. When did she try to? When did she try to seduce Ethan though? When, so she when she's kissing her hand, yeah, that part, and, and then like, fades to black. Oh, like that yeah, face yeah, he makes, yeah, like yeah, ew. Yeah, You're Jim's wife. Yeah, even though you. he's dead, he's yeah. all dead now. Yeah, <laughs> but that was after he came back. Yeah, but she well, she didn't know that he he didn't know that she knew that. Yeah, he was wondering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so for me, I just I didn't get the believability of of that relationship. They just seem like partners, just like they're part of the team. That Jim yeah. is this this seasoned uh, because he is part of the original TV series. So he is right. just he's like a, a mentor to all of these younger IMF agents. Mm-hmm. And to think that he's married to Claire, I don't believe the relationship. Therefore, I don't believe the seduction. Yeah, and the manipulation. That's fair. So I think that's, that's kind of where it falls for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get sense. that. Uh, let's see, Colin. What well, doesn't she, fall into place for you? <laughs> well, she wasn't aware that he was alive, though, right? At that time, no, she was. She was. She was they, working with they, him. Yeah. She's the one that hired Leon, the professional. Like they were all in cahoots the whole time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. See, the plot—it's a little, uh, a little, a little complex. And, yeah. Yeah. and she exploded Hannah. She exploded yeah. Hannah. Yes. In the car. Did she? Or did yeah, because when Ethan's talking about he he when he's telling know, the story he, to Jim, he's yeah, but he's, he's, he's like he goes, like, no, that's not it though. No, no, and yeah, no, he's, he's, right. he's speculating it could be yeah. Jim or like. But I think he affirms that it's Claire because she had time to do it, whereas Jim would have had time to blow the blow the car, but Claire did. The fact that she's alive that makes sense that she's in on it. Yeah, I oh, I love that fair. shot too. By the way, it's really cool yeah. where she looks right at the camera and breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> does she when I'm she pushes the button? I think it's awesome. She I looks just, at the camera and pushes. I push the button. buttons. <laughs> literally, <laughs> no, she pushed the button and she looked at the camera yeah, yeah, when he's yeah. trying to figure. I thought that was really effective. Oh yeah, cool. um, um, it's me, Ethan. <laughs> that's what makes me feel like it wasn't her though, because it was more like. But like, here's the thing: she goes back to the train and isn't surprised that Jim is alive. So she's well, clearly no. in on it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, she's in on it. Yeah, yeah. But I just we don't know for sure who blew if up she, the car. Yeah, okay, I that's fair. That's fair. All right, yeah. all right. I'll give you that. Gotcha. Um, um. So as far as something I didn't like, is that yes, where we're at? Exactly. Um, yes. Okay. Um. 
Yeah, there's one special effects shot in particular that I really <laughs> those, care for. those rarely hold up, but yeah, yeah. No, which one? No, um, the effects for the most part were actually really good. Like ILM, uh, they did a great job. Like even with the mask, like mm-hmm. yeah. going from John Voight to Tom Cruise, like that with the mask, it looked really cool. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the tunnel, everything outside the tunnel looked really good. And I didn't really realize that that was practical effects yeah yeah that's, um, that's why it really was so weird because it's part of it didn't look like practical so that's where that's well, my confusion yeah because whenever they went in the tunnel and then the train and then the helicopters kind of floating behind yeah. it like that yeah. that's kind of where i was like all right you know it feels pretty green screeny there and, yes yeah, yeah you know but you got to cut them some slack because it looks i mean just as good or better than some cg even nowadays so, yeah yeah i'll give you, you that um uh, so slight nitpick there okay. but yeah um, for me, I thought. Wait a it, minute. Hold oh, on. Let me go okay. back to that helicopter. Scene. Okay. What Let's bothered? Go. Let's so go. The special effects bothered you more than Leon trying to chop off Ethan's head in a tunnel. <laughs> I mean, like, hundred percent. Barely have enough room as it is. Now you want to try to maneuver and do these little fancy. Yeah, moves. and that just shows. You got greedy. That just yeah. shows how much how. That's true. How much? I guess he's super inexperienced as a, a helicopter pilot because clearly you lower your your power throttle. I forget the the technical term for it, but it's the it's the the handle you hold with your right hand, or maybe it's your left hand. It's one of them. You 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 hold. The I think the the stick with your left and the the what was that? The yoke. No, it's not. Yep. It might be the I don't know, but you essentially throttle. there's Clutch. one there's Joystick. one handle you hold with your right hand that increases the how fast the blade spin or decrease it and that will make you ascend or descend so all he had to do it's was the lower the power button. descend and he chops off tom cruise so come on i don't know why you're tilting like that yeah i think well, it's the rt button you dramatic. use that with your right index finger oh my gosh fine i'll look it up guys i'll look you it know, up the problem is he didn't put in the konami code ahead of time <laughs> he could have yeah. had 30 more men <laughs> you gotta hit pause first though paul you gotta oh, hit pause game first. Genie. right yeah yeah didn't have game genie Classic didn't have pause button new <laughs> maneuver so terrible yeah that was, that was rough right there uh but but then shortly thereafter there's that awesome effect shot of the explosion and then brings him back to the train and that you know that iconic shot that's in the trailer you know yeah still yeah. so sweet looking yeah the, the the explosion that propels tom cruise from a, an exploding helicopter onto mm-hmm. a train without getting burnt from the explosion and but holding on by I'm by sure the windshield wiper burns is, yeah sure. so anyway side thumb right there i don't really agree or disagree that it's kind of in the middle like it's a side thumb <laughs> so a helicopter but no, but it is a great shot visually <laughs> another great shot is when the dagger falls down from the vent you oh know, yeah slow motion we didn't really yeah. get to touch on that very much it's really oh cool. right as the door is opening and the yeah. and the when the floor goes black you know almost like a calling activates. card yeah yeah, yeah. Really awesome Anyway, so we're talking quick, about what we hated about this movie. Real quick, helicopter. There's the cyclic, which is the the part you hold with your uh, right hand. The and oh, the collective, was, yeah, the collective and this. the throttle. What was what you hold with your left hand, and so mm. that's where you would lower it or decrease the throttle on it to to descend. So, and then there's the pedals also, but that doesn't really factor into this conversation. Okay, now cue the music and that star thing. Thank you, Paul. Uh, so let's go to something, uh, I didn't like though, which was, uh, because you, you, you sort of stopped me, Paul, with the whole helicopter thing. Was that your other dislike, Paul? Wait, 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 
<laughs> no, let's go back to the helicopter because oh. there isn't. No, I'm joking. No, that oh wasn't. My gosh. Get to the chopper. Was that your other dislike? The no, no, no. Okay, okay. Right. I have more dislikes about Langley that I'm not even covering. Oh my right gosh. Going. So here's what I don't understand. And this is very much at the beginning. Um, so uh, uh, John Voight's character, Jim, gets the tape from the the fly attendant that gives oh, yeah. them the mission about what they're going to do. Very cool. And I, here's the thing. Why are they giving him a summary of who all these people are? If they're his standard team, he knows who they are. You don't need, he doesn't need a video person to tell him, Oh, who are these people that are going to be on my team? I'm so glad you informed me, even though I work with them pretty much every single time. So I thought that was, he doesn't because these are different people. He doesn't work with them. That just goes to show you he's in charge of a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with Paul. Jim, Jim, no, no, Jim. Jim Phelps is over several IMF teams. Yeah, when did they say that? Court, a couple. And he has this team that we're getting introduced to on this particular mission. Like he's kind and of. They don't up. always work together on every team. They like mix and match different people depending on yeah. what what's needed. And the impossible and mission force does not have one team, Francisco. They have multiple teams. This I thought. I thought. Apparently, I thought John Voight was the main lead of this team, and for this so, mission, he is okay. Yes. So I, yeah. I, okay, but still, I. How many teams does he have that he can't remember who these people are? Oh, Especially no, one, one of them is his wife. Hey, no, no, Francisco. It's kind of like you. Okay, you're the captain of this former pod. Yes, it's it's kind of like if you had an admiral saying, "Okay, for this episode." On your team, you're gonna have pauljpowers.com and uh Colin Schlick Arc by Colin. Check him out on, on Instagram and then Shoeless Patch from uh Twitter. So that's kind of like uh, you have different people on different episodes, but on this yeah. mission, you have us. I don't Great need example, I don't Paul. need yeah, someone com. explaining Great who example. these people who you guys are to me though. The, it's it's oh, not okay. an exp- it's not an explanation of who they are. It's a but reminder of this what is your team on. and this is what they're going to do on this mission. Here's the thing. This is why we the, chose them for the this. The reason, reason we have this whole explanation is cuz the audience needs to know who these people no, are. No, because Jim I'm is saying dumb. you can do that in a different <laughs> way. You can have these people showing like Emil Esteves, you can have him be at a computer doing stuff. You can have Claire doing whatever she does. You can show, not tell. That's what I really want. I don't want this video telling this person that probably knows these people very well because of how how familial they are when he hangs out with them. Francisco, we have to have mansplaining in here somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have to have the message that self-destructs in five seconds as well. Then do it just with the mission. You don't have to include the team or just say it. He's got to say it on the tape and then the tape has to explode. He doesn't know what you're saying is like look here's your mission yeah. you pick these people yeah you don't the, go over this, who they are just tell them the people and then and this then message will, self-destruct. will self-destruct yeah i'm not saying you can't have it at all but you don't go over like oh let me give you this dossier of ethan hunt okay ethan hunt in uh, 76 he was at this place and then he later on went on to this mission and now and he's it's really go, good it's a long flight they're, they're the not same dossier though for the entire team right like for the entire for certain members he's they just mentioned his name I get it. As an audience member, I enjoy that. But as an audience member, you don't. I get it. (laughs) So let's let's move on. The one person on on the planet who doesn't like the mission rundown. (laughs) All right. No, no, no. Wait, what was that patch? 
I think this podcast is about the self destruction. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, what if Jim didn't accept the mission? How would they know? Like, how long is that flight? It's like, nah, bro, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to the Caribbean. I'm gonna take a nap. <laughs> it's yeah. two days, and we don't have a leader. What happened? <laughs> Jim um, went on vacay. Wow. <laughs> The drink oh. hotel wasn't good enough for him. Well, so yeah, so he didn't know about what what he was plotting like before then, though, or did he know what he was? He plotting? must have. He must he have known before he got that, or tape, he right? pulled that together between the time he got that and and the because there were looked like there were a couple days. We are tiptoeing dangerously close to my trash maker, so let's okay. go back to Colin with a dislike. Oh, back right back to me, huh? Yes. Patch was I about to say mine. something about that, but I... all right, then go, no, for, no, it, go Patch. for it, Patch. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I thought I was commander. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, I'm the captain now. So one, why? Yeah, it, it was calling next. I didn't want to step on Patch. Go next. for it. You good? You okay. Good. Yeah. I think just like I love the tech in these movies. I'm also not a big fan of unexplainable tech or just mm. using words to make stuff sound really important. So two examples stand out to me. The First 686 of all, processors with the AI stuff. That's that yeah. one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You got, and I love, I love how convincing uh, Ving Rhames as Luther says that you mean, you mean the 686 chips with that artificial <laughs> intelligence? Yeah. Like, what is that? You just made that up. Nope. That's you, nothing. Now That's we're all using nothing. 686 with artificial intelligence, I, like on our, I, I, in our I, pocket. I, the only thing I can think of is that at the time in the 90s, you had the th- the 2A6, the 3A6, yeah, 4A6. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, I yeah, we're, we're in the future. Let's just give it an 886, 78. Let's throw artificial intelligence there for the win. The yeah, other yeah. thing, as an example, was the disc that they, the the the, the hot disc that they mm-hmm. throw into the, the yeah. I guess, the zip drive or the, or yeah, the, it was the zip floppy drive. You know, I'm sure the government uses Apple computers. I'm sure it's yeah, not exactly, Unix yeah. systems, it's Apple's, yeah. But, <laughs> But huge, the heat sensor that they well, use to say, sense. oh, this could be this could be the feds, like, or it could be the hard drive heating up. Like, what is that? What is that tool? And how can you actually tell if that's doing what it's doing? Because yeah. I agree with that. It could be the hard drive just heating up. My computer here makes weird noises, and I never once think that the feds are coming to take me away for well, that's some. Because you're not an arms dealer. <laughs> well, okay. Fair you enough. know what I thought back in the day? I thought the exp- the explanation was maybe it's just the hard drive heating up. That's what yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was too. I think yeah. Max is just being back then because, and I'm I'm like Gunter. I'm like you. Wait, hold on. What did you do? To that apartment, you just let people in. The, as far as I can tell, the CIA didn't do any. They didn't ransack the place. They just yeah. looked around. It wasn't yeah. like they were coming, like the LAPD, and being like, "Freeze, we're gonna burn everything." <laughs> no. Gunter's gonna be fine. It's a it's a good apartment. You just had to leave. You just yeah. you know, cut him a check. And how fast did they get in there? I mean, pizza doesn't that's, even get that fast. <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah. So my 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 beef is the fact that we have this unexplainable stuff that I'm I'm willing to suspend disbelief mm-hmm. to an extent, but some things just sound like words, and some things just sound like, yeah. hey, this looks like a pair of tongs, but it could also be a heat seek uh, <laughs> a heat sensor for a disc that's gonna allow us to know when the feds are coming. Didn't quite love that. So, yeah, there no, I, I totally, totally appreciate that. Uh, let's go to you now, Colin, though. What's something else you didn't like? Um, I was just going to go to my, what was it? Tragic, Tragic Maker, Maker, then we'll whatever you're ready. I mean, we with... could talk about Job 3, uh, 314 and everything, because that, 
It feels it, that's it was my next little, one. Yeah, oh, well, okay. we could talk about that. My was, my my next dislike was the early internet searching. Even back <laughs> then, when I went to the movie theater and I saw like that's not a real email address. And even if that was you shooting off 10 of them, the likelihood of that actually happening, even if it's in other languages. Yeah. So preposterous that, and the whole movie hinges on that. Yeah. And it's so in the spirit of unbelievability, that's a big one for me, that whole scene and how he gets in touch with Max and all that, the whole internet. Yeah groups and such mm-hmm. i i was on some of those old chat things back in the day and mm-hmm. and you could be there for days searching for different things even within bible groups like yeah, yeah it's think, it's crazy i think the thing and that's that's one of my other nitpicks is the exact thing you said the early days of the internet the portrayal of the internet and mm-hmm. it's it's difficult right because you've got laughable moments here in this movie of like that's not what the internet is but that's okay because uh colin did you mention this is the early days this is 96 i remember being on the i guess the 48.8 baud rate modem with the the hardware handshake (laughs) but there were two examples in this era that i thought did what i think you should do with movies that deal with technology that hasn't matured Mm. one is hackers which completely goes the obnoxious route and says we're just going to create this internet and we're going to call hackers with we're going to basically blow out this idea of what hackers are so when you watch a a tv show like mr robot that's more like okay this is what hacking is like this is truly what hacking is code and being able to low profile it whereas hackers is just this loud rock and roll techno and it's really fun even though none of it's believable. Like you're mm-hmm. never going to see a guy sitting on a transparent, you know, sitting in front of a transparent computer screen with a garbage file being pointed to and being pulled through cyberspace. That's forgivable. The other one is the net, which is very much early days of internet, but it sort of predicts a little bit of what we get. Like we get online ordering, we get chat rooms and the nefariousness that can happen in chat rooms, how we use the internet for resource availability so I think it was sort of an, an, an uh, a good example of the internet in its infancy and what it could be. This, I think, leans way too heavily into one component, a Usenet, which is very obscure, which is, doesn't exist really. In, like Reddit yeah. would be the equivalent of this in a small capacity. This text-based communication, getting information. And because it doesn't age really well, it also creates a level of confusion that is really like, wait... Are you emailing at 314.com yeah. or at job.com? Because what we know about websites and domain names, it's like you're emailing four different places. Yeah, it's like how did he come up with that job at job? Yeah. The, the logic behind you know, that is like, where I got and, and, yeah. and granted, this is my tragic maker, so I kind of put it together. But <gasps> I think I, I think this is where this is where the, the movie really struggles because you can be absurd, but make sense when you're absurd. This whole thing, because of what we know about the internet and we know about use groups, you've played too much into something that wasn't quite well defined. Mm-hmm. And it creates this like, okay, so he got a hold of Job and now he's throwing out scripture that really doesn't mean anything. Again, this is kind of leading into the the back to my whole like uh you know, technology that doesn't really exist. Like, what does that verse even mean? Like, are you reading into this? Right. 
What right. pick a different one that's a little bit more obvious? That's yeah. an Old Testament scripture that requires a little bit more brain power to kind of get what you're actually saying from kings that do this. I'm like, I yeah, don't that know. That can mean a whole bunch of things. Yeah, I yeah, so, wish so it was, I struggle with that. I almost wish it was a. I thought it would be a little bit more smart if it was a cross section between a Bible verse and like pi, which is 3.14. And there was some like, they did some mm, like way yeah. of intersecting those two to find max or something like that. I think that would have been yeah. clever in some way. But um, sure. in terms of like tech being used in movies, I almost feel like the movie Sneakers from 1992, so four years earlier, actually did a better job of portraying like being online and stuff uh, better than this film did. Um, even though I, I'm sure they, they took liberties, but I don't know. That's the just Matrix. My, I mean, the Matrix. I mean, we are in the Matrix, so that's like reality, but it's not. There you go. It's a documentary? <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Anyway, all right. So then I'll, it. I'll go through my last dislike, and then we'll do Tragic Makers, even though we've sort of already gotten started on that. And... um. Why the heck are there spikes at the top of an elevator shaft that come down when, oh, there's a guy here. Oh, let's spike him to death. This isn't some, some, some man or some old castle that needs booby traps for invaders. What the <laughs> joke is that? Well, you saw Phelps laughing maniacally on the bridge. That's the kind of mind that puts spikes at the top of an elevator shaft. <laughs> To he knew they were there, though. I mean, we, to roast his mighty duck up there. <laughs> <laughs> Are they break? They're not like break. They don't stop the elevator. Or yeah, something I don't going know up a what you would do or something. And know. why doesn't he like lay down or try to dodge? He just sits there and looks <laughs> up. He's, He's like, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> got to get that sick POV got, shot. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take this the spike to the face and see if I survive. That's how much of a man I am. <laughs> oh, uh, poor my Jack. word. Yeah. Um, but, uh, now let's get into tragic makers, guys. Uh, let's start with Colin. <laughs> Y'all are going to kill me for this too. I, just All don't, right. I don't like, uh, the title sequence. I, I just don't like, uh, like those kind of spoilery, like little oh, okay. bits of the movie. And then you know just what? me personally, like, I agree with you like like watching anime series a lot of times they'll do that at the beginning they'll introduce mm -hmm. like characters and i'm like whoa wait you know yeah. a lot of spoiler things but in this case i'm gonna have to disagree with you like, <laughs> yeah i just i don't know i <laughs> i just don't need a movie trailer like before the movie i'm right about oh, to watch. I, i'm like, i'm there like i'm i'm enjoying it but I, I, I it's understand. cool and everything like that it's you cool it at the end? Uh, not even. I don't even think you need it. I just would just keep rather it in the trailers. Yeah, I would just rather oh. it be a cool uh, intro. You know? I got it, guys. How about video. white text on black background? Just you know what? put that at the end of the movie, and I'm all right with it, so I can ignore it. <laughs> Colin, are you are you a fan of cold opens? Like yes. just getting right into it with no credits at all. Yes. So there's an there's an interest. There are two schools of thought in terms of classic opening credits. And I think this series of credits sort of is in that school, even though it's yeah, a different mm -hmm. style. Mm -hmm. But then there are those who are like what I would see more modern day movies, especially your Marvel movies, besides the Marvel title card, it's all cold open. And then you get title at the end directed by that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, I am actually yes. I'm more in the former of, uh -huh. I like having a good title sequence because I think it helps set a tone. I don't, think a cold open is bad in fact i think tv shows do it really well mm -hmm. because of the fact that you're serializing a story and you want to get right into it you don't want to get into the 
whatever you want to be like previously on and write in. Um, but I'm more of a classicist when it comes to that. So I can see what you're saying, but yeah. I'm, I'm in the same camp with, with Paul and that I like the fact that we get the tone of what we're about to experience. When I see like somebody zooming in on somebody's face and like, Oh my gosh, what was that? Yeah, that's okay. Cool. I'm looking for yeah. it. Yeah. So I give you that trailer feel without giving me a lot of spoilers. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I give you saying and honestly, by the time the mo- I get into the movie, I've already forgotten, especially yeah. with the way mission <laughs> impossible does it. Like it's really quick. And it's I was just like, for me in my eye, I I like look out for that. It's like, oh, that's what they showed earlier yeah. on in the movie. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, that's him. That's Ethan, like um, slamming the dude up against the the yeah. wall with the knife and everything. Like, oh, that's where that is. And you know, yeah, like, your brain just to me be doing that rather than yeah, just focusing I, and enjoying the movie. Yeah, yeah I, I would just rather not see it. You know, and yeah, then okay. I I, I think that. that would be even cooler. You're right. Like even at the end, like the end <laughs> credits, and then you have kind of a quick recap of the cool stuff you just saw. Yeah. I don't know. That's just, and it makes it, it's not a big deal and it's well-made and it's cool. And I appreciate the fact that you guys like it and everything. I just feel Can, like it's a tragic maker because they keep doing it in these other films. <laughs> and, and like, can I, can I, can I, I I'm sitting here watching dead reckoning and I'm about to, I'm watching stuff I haven't seen yet. It's like, I'd yeah. rather just be surprised in the movie. Can I know? Francisco Fabio's fan fiction this for you? Colin, uh, in a way that I think you'll go. actually Let's like do it. it. It's okay. fabulous. i think all you have to do is they have this whole intro this whole like the tom cruise is in this mask to try to beat out the information of this thing why don't you just make up like whatever that movie would have been have that be sequences in this thing that you get flavor for who these people are but it's in a completely different story that almost like it is an episode from the a show, but with these characters. I think that would have been interesting. Then it could have just been some, some wacky stuff, some fun things, some serious things. And you're like, okay, I, I want to know more about these people. They are doing these things. I think that would have been more interesting rather than, yeah, just showing clips from the movie you're about to see. It would have been, and then you could, for each subsequent movie, you take the past movie and you just, so you play this one in front of Mission Impossible 2, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fabulous. Okay, that's <laughs> fantastic. That's been that's sort of been done in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where okay, during well, the titles, during the logo sequence, you have yeah small clips from See, the Mission Impossible yeah. could have been at the cutting edge, but they didn't want to be. I don't know why. Hey, look, they're hanging out in the Usernet groups, just having a good time. <laughs> and they're fine. I'm just they're gonna fire this email. Off. <laughs> fire that email off, Job. Job three fourteen. See where Job it lands. fourteen up. So yeah, see where see where that where that lands. There. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Pat, did you have it. anything more to add to your tragic maker, or you're good? No, I've been tragic enough. Sorry. All right, <laughs> Paul. How about you? What do you hate most about this film? Um, the fact that the main villain here is Jim Phelps as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Now, for for people like us in our generation, we didn't grow up watching the uh, the original the series. series. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's not that big of a deal. But mm-hmm. this is a reboot of a franchise. And mm-hmm. so when Jim Phelps as the main guy from the TV series, and then you turn him in this reboot to make him the bad guy, you're... Mm-hmm you're alienating fans of the original series. Like mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people who are fans of the original series really be turned off by this film because mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. And you're alienating a, like a lot of people that would have been fans. Yeah. So for example, like this would be like an example when it, when JJ Abrams rebooted Star Trek, the mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. that would have been like Captain Kirk 
being responsible, killing everyone off the franchise or everyone off the bridge and a random red shirt survived and was blamed. And he's now the main guy, (laughs) you know? And I mean, it's not even Chekhov or any low person, you know, it's somebody brand new. And so people who never watched the Star Trek Trek show would be like, oh, that that was cool. That was fine. But you're alienating all those fans of the original show and unnecessarily so. So Well, I hope. Get off my lawn type thing. I don't like that. Here's what I hope for some like ironic, some uh, dramatic irony. I don't know if that's the right word. But when the Mission Impossible franchise comes to a close and they decide to reboot it as a TV series again. Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise, <laughs> becomes the bad guy of that team. <laughs> and then Jim Phelps is the hero again. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Phelps or is Jim grandson. Phelps. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Jimmy Phelps or yes. Michael Phelps. It'll be Michael Phelps because he's yeah. Jim Phelps' grand- grandson. He's a swimmer. Yeah. He's the swimmer, right? He's the swimmer IMF agent. Yeah, yeah. so he, sw- he swum out of the water and he detonated that bomb. Let's see. Yeah. That just That's proves it. that yeah, he was the one who did it. Not he was there the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. He held well, up his medal as he was doing it. <laughs> yeah, so they probably just use like uh, Angela Jolie as the new uh, Ethan Hansi because John yeah. Boyd. No, she's going to be the new Bond. <laughs> Get it? I no, she's it. too old. Is this thing, I know she is too old. Anyway, all right. Um, then that leaves my tragic maker. And... Let me let me let me set this up. Uh-oh. Only now in this viewing in 2023 from or, a 1996 movie do I actually 2024. Wow, thank you Paul. 2024, yes. Happy do, New Year, Princess. <laughs> <laughs> only current year. Do I understand or do I actually uh, conceptualize do I do I understand that while uh Ethan Tom Cruise's character is telling John Voight after he comes back from the dead. And he's, John Voight says, Kittredge is the mole. And then Tom Cruise is going through and replaying the events of the beginning of the movie, saying it's Kittredge. Only now am I realizing, oh, he's saying that as a cover so that Jim yes. doesn't know he realizes it's him. Right. All before what I'm he's like, saying he's and saying what he's Kittredge. visualizing are two different things. Yes, yeah. I, I get that. Now, now, every time before, I'm like, why does he keep saying it's Kittredge? I'm not seeing Kittredge here. So wait, right. is Kittredge the mole? Then why are we seeing all this stuff? Uh, is, the party. So much of this movie is overly convoluted and doesn't need to be. But I, I, I kind of disagree because okay. dealing with this in real life, they're dealing with intelligence and counterintelligence false information sure and how to deal with that sure so i think yeah. this movie does a lot of good use of counterintelligence putting out false stuff there as misleads and how they deal with that is is this it, is this a training video to be a spy or is this a movie i'm supposed to enjoy popcorn no, this, <laughs> this is a movie that helps you practice keeping your cell phone down while you're watching it. Because if you're on your cell phone and you're hearing Ethan Hunt start talking about Kitchers being the mole, this is where your confusion comes in. I like, don't have Kitch- I don't have a phone circa 1996 and I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it it takes like I like oh, yeah, this is for me in the restaurant. Oh, this is all new for me. Well, it's well, it's yeah, playing for everybody yes, else. Another good example, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's it's very convoluted this plot, but I think this movie is better for it because 
on subsequent rewatch, you can find out more things. I just wish yeah. I would have gotten it a lot sooner than now. So it's, so, it's challenging, right? It's yes, challenging. yes. And I think um, as a as a case study, my family and I went to Memphis to this uh, museum called Amuse. It's kind of like an escape room, but it's mm-hmm. a series of games oh, okay. that you can play mm-hmm. that have different levels. So one, Is this for example, like which, where you have to survive. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like not what you saw, <laughs> Paul. Oh, okay. No, no. But the 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 uh, the magic of it, or the the benefit of it, what makes it great is that you have multiple levels. So you complete one level, and you have to try to figure out something in each one of the rooms, based off of the game instructions to say, mm-hmm. okay, so for level two, instead of hitting all these buttons before the time runs out, all these buttons are red. What do I have to do? Oh, these there's these other switches over here that I have to press one to turn this one white so that I can activate it. Mm-hmm. There's the discovery of layers of of knowledge and layers of information. And that's what I think makes Mission Impossible 1 and as a franchise holistically so great is because you're disco- you could potentially discover something on multiple watches, which is why I think it's a good rewatchable movie. Even in spite of some of its convolution, mm-hmm. I don't think it's for me, it's not so convoluted that it's like, I will never get it. And it's, it hurts my head just to watch it. If it's that way for some people, absolutely call it bad mm-hmm. because there are movies out there and I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan, but Tenet's one of those movies that I'm just like, I don't enjoy it because I can't understand it. Oh, mm-hmm. I love Tenet. And even, mm-hmm. even after multiple viewings, I just don't get it. And so to your point, Francisco, I think that for an individual, if that's not something that if, if you have to try too hard mm-hmm. to get something, um, you can blame the director, you can blame yourself, but at the end of the day, it's your movie experience and it's going to affect how you feel. So I completely yeah. get that. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel that way about Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. I think it, that's fair. I think it tips its hat enough that we can figure it out mm-hmm. without Eventually. telling us everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think to your point, Francisco, it's like, why don't you tip your hat like that or don't tip your hat when... Uh, Jim's getting his briefing on his team. Why can't you just give us a little bit of hint? Don't give us the whole. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So let's flip these things a little bit. Yeah, the script a little bit here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying. I don't no. agree, but I, and, I get it. And that's fair. I, I get that. And it may just be like I'm used to. And I, I don't think I've seen a lot of Brian De Palma's uh, movies, so I may De just La not Palma. be. I may just, I may, it may just be, I'm not really used to his type of storytelling. And so that's why I, I miss some of this. Yeah. I'm looking at his filmography. I don't watch blowout. Um, I've seen the untouchables. That's the only other one I've seen of his. I watched blowout like shortly before this and this helped like watching that movie helped me appreciate this movie even more just because he's got a really cool, innovative style, Mm -hmm. you know? And he really brings that to this film. So okay, I think cool. it makes it even better. So if I can give you a quick wreck. <laughs> Loves those split diopters. Yeah, man. <laughs> so so I like the fuzzy thing in the middle. This or Dead Reckoning? Which, which should I seek out first? Dead Wreck. But right, then, right. yeah. But Honestly, then, some of these out. movies, I haven't seen most of his movies. But the ones that I have, I enjoy this one the most. Oh, okay. Cool. Well... Now that we've talked about the things we don't enjoy the most about Mission Impossible, it's time to get to our final reign, the moment of truth. Uh, Travis, boot that up. Firing solution complete. Salvo authority accepted. Ratings prepared to launch. Boot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Here we go. If this were 96, it would be DOS boot. Oh, gosh. Shh. Hunt for Red October. Never mind. Sorry. I won't go there again. 
Okay, guys, now it's time for the moment of truth. Like I said before, uh, let's find out if we think Mission Impossible is a classic. We'd recommend anyone go see this film, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's only worth your time to rewatch it if you're still like looking for those things that you may have missed and you enjoyed it watching it before. But if you've never seen it before and pass this one by, or is it a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time today, whether or not you've seen it before. If you have seen it before, don't tell any good memories you have of it with a rewatch. And if you haven't seen it, just keep on walking. So let's start with Colin. What is your final reign for you? You predicted classic. What's your final reign for Mission Impossible? Yeah. So after our chat, you know, we're talking about just the kind of hangups we have with mm-hmm. the, the plot, um, yeah. some of the effects. And uh, the internet stuff is just mm-hmm. an absolute disgrace. Ab- abomination. <laughs> <laughs> they should have known. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tell the future, from, De La Palma, come on. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, aside, <laughs> aside from all that, uh, just the innovative cinematography, Elfman's score. The uh, I, I mean, I thought the plot, even though it is confusing, is compelling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the action, the thrills, and then... TC just bringing the heat, man. Uh, classic for me. Classic oh, Tom Cruise. Sorry, took yeah. me. I, I call him TC or Timmy C. Timmy. Uh, yeah. Timmy. Oh my yeah. Gosh. Shout out Rage Against the Machine too, by the way. All right. Oh, I thought it was South Park. Okay. Oh. Come on. All right. My goodness. Uh, let's go to Patch next. What's your final name? So Tommy C. Did I say Timmy C? You said Timmy. You said okay. TC no, Tommy C. originally, TC. and then you said Timmy. Timmy. Yes. Timmy. It's been a long pod. We talked a lot about internet, and what else did we talk about? You're okay. killing me, Smalls! <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. Sorry. No, it's called good. Patch. Go. The movie is definitely, yeah, the movie is definitely rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if this existed as a standalone Mission Impossible, I would consider it a classic. There's enough about it, though, that I kind of have to roll my eyes at. Mm-hmm. Didn't say this, but, well, I, I did with my side thumb, that the last action set piece feels a little contrived. Mm-hmm. And while, while I think that there's a lot more like absurdity in future installments of like, how could he do that? Mm-hmm. They feel more mature. Yeah. So for me, it's a nostalgic one for me. Nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> Now, before we get to me and Paul's reign, uh, everyone here that is part of our, uh, who supports us on Locals, our Reflex Capacitors, thank you so much for making our time travel possible. You get to vote on the movies you cover as well. And when I combine all your votes together, uh, you also read it a classic film. Ooh. So that's a classic from the Reflex Capacitors. Paul, what was your final reign, though? Well, I agree with Patrick that this movie is flawed and it's it's hard not to see its flaws on a rewatch, but I disagree in I agree with Colin that it's a classic. Oh, really? Okay. Hey. You've chosen to accept it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun watch. I like it. I'll I'll, I'll watch it again. No no problem. Yes, sir. <sighs> Whether it's a, a standalone or part of a franchise, I I'm I, I think it's fun. Here, here's the thing, guys. I'm I uh, I am so torn because I don't think you can really grasp the the fullness. You can't delight. You in don't need all to. the list. Turn your brain off. Enjoy the popcorn. You know what's going on. You get the gist of it. Will you let me finish? Pulsifiers.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. You won't fully 
enjoy all the subsequent movies in this franchise if you don't watch this one. This sort of, I feel like, really, really sets up Ethan Hunt's character. And se- I don't know. I'm sort of a completionist in that way. I don't want to start like halfway in in the middle of a series. I want to start at the beginning and see. I think you one is as good as a standalone enough. I think it, they can be but you get you you see these uh these relationships mature and grow over the course of movies and Well sure that's that's how a, a good movie sh- franchise is but we're yes. not reviewing the franchise I, we're just I, okay. reviewing this I know I'm trying to set up what I'm going to say I'm trying to I know so far I'm not buying the foundation <laughs> you're laying <laughs> I'm Mr. trying to Bale. get there with you, and I'm not. When I'm tra- with you. Okay, here's the thing. I want to rate this a tragic. It's really hard for me to do that because I want to enjoy the future movies. And if we don't have this movie, I don't know if we necessarily get those movies. So that's why it's so hard for me. I'm at a conundrum. I guess I have to bait this movie on its own merits. And according to that, I, I would be fine never to watch this movie again. So really? I'm going to rate this a tragic. Yes. What in the world? I'd much rather watch any, especially which, is it Mission Impossible 3 or 4 that has Philip Seymour Hoffman in it? I can never remember. 3. 3. Yeah, I love that. I love him as a villain. I think that one's so well done. That's I, one of his best performances as a, when I think of his performance, that's my go-to of like, if you want Philip Seymour Hoffman, if he was still alive, if you yeah, want yeah. him in a role, uh-huh. that's the role that he yes. does. I mean, forget as awesome as Twister is like Colin <laughs> mentioned, that's not the role th- awesome. that Philip Seymour Hoffman is born to play. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, I'm going to rate uh, Mission Impossible a tragic, but according to the Retro Round podcast as a whole, we rate Mission Impossible a disputed classic film we'd recommend anyone go see it whether or not they've seen it before but not so you just you just put mission impossible into the suck zone from twister why would you do that (laughs) that's what they call francisco the extreme why man what is happening right now dude what's happening is i'm giving you my legit franciscoisms and you are welcome you, but, you think this movie was made by Disney or something. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to just stick around in 1996 uh, as we figure out what we're going to do next. Return to 20XX overridden. Comcast broadcasting while awaiting return coordinates. 1996. Thank you. Uh, feels good to still be in 1996, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to this uh, year to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflex capacitors, namely Deborah Powers, Geek Devotions, Drew of the Cellcast, a- Cellcast, Ashley Ruiz, Kennethin, Fabulous Lomax, Rosie Lomax, That's Our Bobbo, D. Tungsten, Dale, Mr. Loss, Daryl Hafner, Cool Deluxe, Dustin Warford, and newest supporter, Flux, in addition to two other awesome patrons as well. Thank you so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help keep us flying and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. This stream, should you choose to accept it, is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. Hey, Francisco, are there any ways to support the show that doesn't require emptying the bank account? Oh, uh, actually, 
Yeah, if I so, if you so choose to accept these ways, uh, you probably enjoyed this episode if you made it this far. So if you aren't driving, tap the share icon in your podcast player for this episode and send it to a friend saying, I know you like the Mission Impossible, uh, first Mission Impossible or Mission Impossible franchise. So I thought you might like this podcast on the first film. Cool. And I'll bet they'll thank you for it. Well, probably. Yeah, especially cool. when they get to my reign, they'll be like, man, that Francisco, he's a straight shooter. Thank you for for recommending this podcast. Yeah, someone I can agree to disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of thanking people, we want to give a, a big MIF hug to uh, Colin and Patch for supporting us with their thoughts. A myth about- hug? What's a, what's a myth hug? Uh <laughs> Oh, IMF hug. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Or, what did I say? MIF? MIF. <laughs> Mission Impossible franchise hug. Is MIF. Oh, there it is. There okay, it is. yeah. Yeah. Like that. Bring it back around. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for, th- yes, for sharing you your thoughts. Um, and I like to go alphabetically. So I'll start with uh, Colin. How can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? Yeah, you can find me online at artbikecolin.com. There's uh, my full portfolio on there, client work, pop culture work, gallery work, all that stuff. My shop, uh, artbikecolin.gmail.com. Original pop culture prints and stickers, pins, all that. And uh, you can collab with me at artbikecolin.com slash connect. Follow me on Instagram at artbikecolin. Um, and I do work with Gallery 1988. We've got a big show coming up this year, the annual Crazy for Cult show. I'll awesome. see what I can come up with for that. Oh, um, cool. I was just about to ask what the theme was. Yeah, it's pretty much anything you know, pop culture related. I could do something for Mission Impossible, but Francisco is going to hate it because yeah. he thinks this is a tragic movie. Oh, oh my the gosh. more reason to fuel that hate. <laughs> unbelievable uh yeah and then i do work for uh august burns red metal band mm-hmm. and uh, i've done uh t-shirts for them and stuff so I might do something new there and yeah i i work uh on portrait of x so it's like uh x-men artwork and francisco you have a couple prints yeah. there and i i love, love to them. keep that going and i've got plans for that this year and nice. um, i love your saber tooth yeah. really like how you oh, yeah. saber tooth that's, that's awesome cool. man yeah he's uh he's a beast man yeah. well beast is a beast too <laughs> yeah i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys appreciate you having me yeah on. thank you Colin. and patch where can people find you online is there any cool cocaine part and i mean uh, anything cool you got going on <laughs> nothing <laughs> illegal unfortunately okay. no, well yeah otherwise me. the feds would be heating up your hard drive you know <laughs> hold on let me feel yeah it's still cool it's we're good here. 26 and 27 the hard drive <laughs> i uh, i am i live on twitter very uh very loosely i'm not there a lot but i do have a presence there at shoeless patch i also help co-host Two podcasts, uh, Feel and Film with my buddy Aaron. We've been doing that since 2016. You can find us at Feel and Film on Twitter, feelandfilm.com. They've got a whole slew of movies where, uh, where we've talked a lot about just what we love about these particular ones. We try to keep the positive energy there. And then in the last couple of years, I've launched a new podcast called An Original Series where I bring guests on to talk about uh, TV series behind the paywall in about 10 to 12, 12 episodes. And we really do kind of a scene by scene breakdown and recap, having fun, inside jokes, dad jokes, just lots of good stuff. Uh, Francisco is going to be on later in the spring. Mm-hmm. We're going to be mm-hmm. talking about the first season of Cobra Kai. So that's going to be a lot. Quiet. That's going to be a lot of fun to to check out. So you can find that uh, if you do your podcast searching. We're everywhere. An original series, 
And then um, you can find us on Twitter, just really posting our, our weekly episodes and the link at AOS underscore podcast. Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. <laughs> That's exactly right. Send it to the internet. Yeah. Send it to the internet. <laughs> Still need to update that clip. Yes. Yeah. But, oh my goodness. Um, well, thank you again so much, Colin and Patch. Thank you to my awesome uh, spy friend, Paul, and all you rewinders, new and old, for another fun voyage. You're welcome. And you can find me, pauljpowers.com, at pauljpowers.com. Dot com. Oh, and you can find me on our Discord for show announcements or just to say hi. Join us there at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created a new in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. And as the mission control, not mission control, what is it called? Mission what in, in, <laughs> Mission Impossible franchise. Yeah, I was the MIF. <laughs> what what is it I, called? I think it's MI IMF. IMF Impossible right. Mission Force, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what is what is um MI6? No, well, that too. But what is Kittredge a part? Is he part of M- IMF? He's the director of IMF. He's the IMF director. Yeah. Is IMF oh, a okay. real thing, by the way? I've never Impossible heard. Mission Force? Yes. If you, if it's you, a real thing. Like with the NSA, yeah, I saw the Tom CIA. Cruise make a movie about it. Why is the IMF at the CIA? Isn't the CIA the CIA? The CIA is the CIA. The IMF is its own entity that operates under the radar. That's why they're breaking into Langley. Then yes. why is Kittredge at Langley? So I need you to watch. The <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking going. about. Let's go back to You can't be typing. On. You can't be doing other stuff while you're watching <laughs> this not. one, man. And you have to watch it in one. Get off your cell word. phone. You got to be on it, man. Jeez. Oh, speaking. We didn't get to our myth ratings, man. Oh, we're we're going to do, do that. We're going to do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So as the director of IMF just said, we are now part of Culture Box Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth through story geekery at culturebox.media. Thank you, Exo, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Rewinders of the Lost Spot mission complete. Review audio ship's logs for more details. Abort. Repeat. Abort. Do you read me? Abort! Hasta lasagna. Don't get any onions.